This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter-day Takes. Um, If you can sense that I have a little congestion going on, then you would be correct. I've just had a cold for the past couple of days. It's not COVID. I've had COVID. And symptomatically, and also the people around me that have also had this cold, it's just definitely a cold. So all is well. Anyway, before I get into kind of introducing today's guest, I wanted to actually give a recap really quickly on uh, one of the episodes I did last week with, uh, that was about Tad Collister and an article he had written in the church news. And since then, it has come out that the editor of the Church News, or one of the editors, had written a direct message to somebody on Instagram, basically apologizing for the article, because that person had kind of written in and said, you know, this was really offensive, and for one reason or the other. And obviously, the, the editor for the Church News felt compelled to respond. Her name is Sarah Jane Weaver. And I don't say that as a way of like, hey, everybody go after her. Obviously, I don't. That's never my intent. But it's interesting, nonetheless, because she essentially has become kind of a de facto voice for the church, right? Because this is an outlet that's run by the church, it's owned by the church, and they're meant to convey kind of church doctrine, discussion, topics, things like that through a medium, through a communication medium such as the church news, right? And that is manifest through things like Instagram, Twitter, or whatever else. And these articles that Tad Collister has been writing for them, uh, he had a kind of a deal to do that once a month for a while. And the editor of the Church News had apologized on behalf of that article, saying, oh, you know, this didn't actually go through the normal editing process, which, from what I understand, was actually not even true, um, and that it has actually gone through the same process. But... And it was really strange because she had kind of taken it upon herself to say, you know, this isn't actually sanctioned by the church, which doesn't make any sense because if you read the article that Tad Collister had written, there really wasn't anything in contradiction, not only with our doctrine, but just kind of our philosophy, a way of life and way of thinking. And there were a lot of people that were offended by that and specifically a type of group, right? People that are generally on the liberal side of the aisle, which is fine that 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 they ex- obviously exist in this community. No, no problem there whatsoever, but... Their their kind of approach was that this article was so offensive that the church should just, you know, not only disavow but retract it and take it out altogether just because it doesn't line up with their own views. But it certainly lines up with the views of the vast majority of the church. So I'm not totally sure what Sarah Jane Weaver's approach here was or why she felt like it was right for her to essentially disavow the article as one of the kind of mouthpieces on behalf of the church very interesting situation it kind of blew up on twitter and obviously i think there were some you know you know bad things going on on both sides i think there were a lot of people that got stirred up uh that liked the article that targeted sarah jane weaver specifically and obviously that's not right that's never acceptable um but regardless it uh it was very interesting to say the least i'm just kind of wanted to give a little update there i may do a bigger update on that podcast later on uh, this coming week. But anyway, 
without further ado, today's episode is about, or not about, sorry, it's in, uh, it's with Sean Bingham, a friend of mine, who has his own uh, podcast called Simply the Best Port Sports Take. But Sean is an interesting guy. Um, he, he's got a lot going on. He not only has his own sports podcast that he gives, which he does a great job with that. He's, I've always appreciated his opinion. I respect it. He's very well informed. And he's also very objective in his approach. And he, there's a lot of honesty in how he delivers his uh, opinion, which I, I appreciate that regardless of whatever you do. is that The honesty is apparent. But anyway, Sean and I get into kind of the sports aspect of things for the first kind of half of the podcast. But I also want to talk a little bit more about Sean. He's got a lot going on. He was on Shark Tank uh, a couple years ago with his brother pitching a company called Adventure Hunt that has done very well. Uh, they kind of do these company getaways and retreats where they help kind of like it's, it's about kind of building relationships and things like that, where they go on these adventures to find kind of this treasure that has to do with the environment that they're in and, and things like that. It's a really cool idea, and it's done well. Um, and obviously, one of the sharks thought that was a great idea. Robert Herjavec actually, he teamed up with them to help push that. Anyway, um, and then other things like a Trippio app that he's developed, and it's in the process of actually pushing out there officially, but he's done a fantastic job. We get into that a little bit in the podcast to explain what that is. Anyway, Sean's a really, really interesting guy. I'll enjoy talking to him. I think you'll, even if you're not the biggest sports fan, I think you'll enjoy kind of the back and forth that we have. But even at the end of the podcast, we get into kind of church culture stuff and just kind of what it's like being single in the church in the state of Utah and Sean's approach to all that, which I actually really appreciated what he does there. And, um, just kind of getting into that back and forth that, you know, I tend to always do with a lot of the people that I have on. I do think you'll enjoy this. I certainly hope you do. I hope you're all ready to have a great week coming up. I hope you're not as sick as I am. Um, and just that everything in life is going as swimmingly as possible. I will catch y'all later this week. Mormons are my favorite. They're my favorite. Yeah, okay. They're absolutely yeah. my favorite. All Mormons are nutty Mormons. Mormons are the nicest cult of all time. Beautiful, and these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. Just being a Mormon's nutty. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the Here. best cult. My favorite religion is Mormons. They're the nicest people. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. Joining us on the pod today is the host of Simply the Best Sports Take. Uh, which is not n nothing overt about that. It's just simply the best, right? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Developer uh, of the Trippio app. Yes. Sorry, I'm giving you a little. I'm giving you a resume right now. Yeah, I actually want. I want to hear the resume. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Developer of the Trippio app. Um, some may even say Utah's most eligible bachelor. Ah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, he. Good, very close friend of our favorite shark on Shark Tank, Robert Herjavec, the blue-eyed wonder, and one of the best vacation buddies I've personally ever had, Sean Bingham. Wow. wow. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. I am so honored. So happy to have you on. Not only to be on the podcast am I honored, but for that intro. It kind of felt like, I know we've got a little Mormon theme going here with the podcast. It's kind of like when yeah. you know some speakers get introduced and it's like, he has 14 kids. They all served missions and got married <laughs> in the temple and they got 28 grandkids and they're all perfect. And if that's that was included, the Celestial but... <laughs> Kingdom, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. But you do, yeah. you may have 14 kids that we're unaware of, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think like, so. 
I don't. Think you don't think so? so? Yeah. Unless, I, you know what? Sorry, <laughs> I was getting you confused with somebody else. <laughs> Um, yeah. So real quick on the simply the best. I don't know if you caught on. You're, you're smart. You probably did. But STB are my initials. Sean Thomas. Yeah. Premium, simply the yeah, best STB. So nice little plan initials. Like you had mentioned that somewhere. I feel like along the line. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I was at I was at Comdex. It's like this software convention in Vegas. Well, it was 20 years ago. My dad worked for Novell at the time and took me down there. I was a little kid, and uh, there was just a booth. You know this convention i was at it was you know stb so i was like i'm gonna go see what this is all about you know and so i asked the guy what it stood for and he said simply the best and i was like thank you sir you just changed my life so i've been using it ever since <laughs> i love it man no it really yeah. is cool it's cool yeah thank you um let's talk i want to get to this really quickly do you remember and this is something i'm sure you you did not see coming so i'm excited about this yeah you remember our buddy from hawaii um our good, good, good friend. I believe it. I'm not even totally sure what his name was. Was it Ian? I think was it Ian? <laughs> I knew you were going to say Ian, dude. I think it was. Ian. <laughs> I literally was going to like cut you off and say Ian, but but did you find him? Is he going to be a guest, <laughs> dude? Well, you're in store for a surprise. Come on out, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Do we dude, need to tell that... the story of Ian? Yeah, that's what I, I want to tell the story of Ian because guess what, okay. dude? I, I found his recording on my phone and you don't even know what I'm talking about. Maybe I, I, you, I probably told you, but I recorded your guys' conversation while we were on the beach. You recorded like the audio of it? Yeah, so it's on my phone, but it's super windy. I mean, it's the North Shore. So what do you expect? But like okay, you could yeah. still kind of, and I was going to try and play it for you, but it's not going to be worth it. You're not going to be able to make anything out, but it's yeah. clear. Like if you're, if it's just me listening, I can clearly make out you and Ian Asking yeah. you like what your wildest dreams are on the beach. And oh my gosh. Yeah. That got a little weird, a little weird. This guy, for those listening, uh, went out surfing. We thought when we first saw him, I thought he might be a legit surfer. And then he goes out into the, into the ocean and probably the worst spot to try and paddle out at the worst time to try and paddle out with a backpack on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like lucky the backpack <laughs> into back the ocean. That was tied, by the way, like... Took all his belongings with him. All his belongings with him everywhere he went, even to surf, <laughs> which, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's... I, I'm not totally sure what what the reason for that is, but then he also was paddling out with his backpack and his leash connected yes. to the surfboard, dragging it. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like, he wasn't right. doing the conventional, like, be on your no. belly, like, paddling yeah. out on the surfboard. That's right. He was, that's right. He was, cause he, he couldn't duck dive with the surfboard. So he's like, well, I'm going to ditch the board and duck dive myself <laughs> yeah. and try and drag the board with the leash through the wave. That didn't work either. He couldn't get 10 feet out. So we no, watched and, this and guy for a while. It was wildly entertaining. I mean, we were like right next to Kelly Slater's house. You know, we could have been like trying to do celebrity spotting, but we were just locked in on Ian. <laughs> and for some reason he took a strong liking to you, Sean. I mean, not for some reason. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. you're... You're a magnetic guy. So it, it all made sense. But uh, then he starts getting to this conversation. He's from Florida, I guess. And he's talking about like, it, whatever your dreams are can come true. And I think. Well, none of my you, dreams like, were good enough for him. None, nothing I said was good enough. He's like, well, what's, what are your real dreams? And I was like, no, that, that's it. That was my dream. And he's well, like, one no, of them like, I what really, do you really want? <laughs> then I think you were like, all right, then I wish I could fly. And he's like, okay, all right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, now we're talking. You can fly. Yeah. And I was like. I don't think I can, but he's like, no, 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 Sean, Sean, if you believe it, you can fly. 
That's right. And I'm like, what is this? Like, is this like Costanza on freaking yeah. psychedelics? Like, what are we talking about here? I, I think that's actually pretty accurate. So <laughs> nice guy, though. Very, yeah. very nice guy. Was a nice guy. We ended up seeing him like two more times that trip. I don't know. We did. I think you were there one of the times at least, but like he was just around. He was around. Was yeah, amazing. I admittedly kind of ducked him once a couple days later. I just didn't want to get into a long conversation again. Uh, but I, do I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was nice while we were at the uh that was while we were at the um pipe masters right yeah 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 well if you have the audio and you know you can put it in post here uh maybe the maybe the listeners will want to hear that i'll try and do, i actually will try and do that if it's if it's good enough but anyway we'll move on from ian man i love that guy I just made my trip dude which <laughs> honestly i'm not, i don't say that flippantly about like your intro and you being one of the best vacation buddies i've ever had like it and it all goes into this um you you developed this Tripio app. It, it's like officially out there and everything, right? It's not officially it... out there. I've got it on my phone. That's how you've been able to see it. Um, okay. And I've, I mean, it's out there in the sense that I've announced it. I've got a website up that shows how it works. Uh, so and app, you have the social media the app and is not, for it. Yeah. Yep. But the app is not downloadable yet. Uh, I've kind of been waiting. It's pretty much ready. I'm just waiting for one for COVID stuff to kind of like lift a little bit more. So people are actually traveling and want to use it, are able to use it. Uh, but also like there's just a few more kinks and bugs we're working out and then importing more and more data into it. So it's like got, I just want it to be as good as possible for launch. It's, it's going to be a several years pursuit, lifelong pursuits, maybe even to really perfect it. But, um, it's pretty freaking awesome already. I'm not going to lie. I'm like really excited about it. No, I, so that's, and that's why I want to bring it up because if there was anybody to develop an app like this, it's, I mean, you just. Traveling with you, what I loved about it was that it didn't ever feel forced being out there in Hawaii with you. I mean, I was out there for yeah. a month. You came out for about like two weeks of that, I think. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. And um, it, those are some of the oh, best two weeks I've had in a while, by the way. Like it was so fun. Is that right? Yeah. It was so fun, dude. It was so, and we'll get into this more, but I don't want to cut you off as you, you know, no, please heap, heap praise upon me and my app. So we'll get <laughs> back to that. But, um, but it was so nice to like, because here in Utah, like frequently, there's almost like too many options for socializing. There's like, there's a game night and there's this girl you could go out with. And there's this group you could go hang out with. And you're, there's, you know, there's like a million dessert things going night. on. Don't yeah. forget dessert night. Dessert night. I haven't been to one of those in a while. But <laughs> um, there's a, just a ton of options. And out there, it was just like, oh no, like it's, it's us. Like this or a group of five or, you know, at one point we had like eight or so, but we had like our small group and it's like, no, like this is what I'm doing. I'm going to hang out with these people. We're going to go do this. We're going to watch a different movie about Hawaii tonight. And I just loved it, dude. I just loved everything yeah. about it. It was really fun. No, it was awesome. And um, I remember when you first told me about the Tripio app, I was actually with my roommate, who you also know really well. And um, mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, what as you were taking us through it and you were showing it us, showing it to us on your phone, it, basically it's a conglomeration of a few different apps that exist, which honestly is the sign of a good app. If you can consolidate yeah. that into one app, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And it's like, it's almost like a combination of like, Yelp, Google reviews, um, what else? All is there? trails. There's, I mean, there's a, all trails, there's a bunch of yeah. stuff. It's really, you know, if, I do want to take 30 seconds to just explain what it is. So when you're going Please. on a trip, you know, first thing you do is probably Google. Well, here, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. If you're going to go on a trip to Hawaii, you're going to use like kayak or Google flights or something like that to, to find your, your flight there. You're going to use Airbnb or hotels.com to get your accommodations. But then when it comes time to figure out what you're going to do when you get there, 
there's like not really a great system in place right now. Like people will Google uh, top 10 things to do on Oahu. They'll post on social media. I'm going to Oahu. Tell me what I should do. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll sift through a bunch of blogs and TripAdvisor garbage. And there's just not like a great place to go. And so Tripio kind of acts like hotels.com does where you can like go in and set your preferences, your filters. I only want a five-star hotel, all this stuff. We do that, but for what to do when you get there. So you go in and you set your preferences. So Harper is into intense adventure, history and culture and good eats, nightlife he doesn't care about. So like you basically set your preferences for that trip, hit go, and it'll spit out the top 10 things for Harper to do on Oahu. Not the top 10 things where we make money off of tours or top 10 things that I think personally for me, but based on your preferences with no tours attached to it, um, it gives you your top 10. So it's, it's really, really cool. Like I've traveled all over the world for decades now. It's been like my passion and there's nothing like this out there. Um, we do, we do bring in info from Google maps and from Surfline and from you know, all trails and from Yelp. And we're definitely like using in some of these blogs, like we're definitely doing our research to make sure we have the best stuff to offer within the app, but we're doing it in our own way. And it's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. That, I mean, just immediately when you told me, I was like, this guy, he knows exactly what he's doing. It seems like the perfect person to engineer an app like this and get it going. And it just, it, everything just seemed brilliant in my mind yeah. to have it all consolidated like that. And like, honestly, best of luck. It just, I don't see a scenario in how this doesn't just work for people and kind of blow up quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I feel the same way and I'm crossing my fingers and that's why I'm kind of taking my time a little bit to launch it. Cause I just want to make sure I, I'm almost like nervous to launch it. Cause I like have such high hopes for it, but it'll be good. Sure. I'm excited. No. Yeah, man. I, I best of luck. And I mean, if there's, if there's anything I can do to help you along that way, please let me know because I'm, I am a firm believer. And that's like, it makes it easy too. It's like, I, I want this to succeed as well because I just believe it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're off to a good start. So anyone listening, you can go to tripioapp.com. You can sign up for early access. You can follow us on Instagram at tripioapp. That'd be a good start. So appreciate it. Which I do follow you on Instagram. I actually haven't signed up for an early, uh, early access. Rating, so early mean, access. Yeah. I'll have to do that. Um, yeah. anyway, so I want to pivot here because you've got, you do have simply the best sports take, uh, yes. and, and then you also have the podcast simply the best sports take. So it <laughs> just, just fits. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to talk to you about this cause I've been listening to you and, uh, I, I, I love that you do bring a different, um, approach to, to how you assess things. And it does kind of seem like what I like is you t- you tend to kind of t- toe the line between you're not saying things just to say them. You're not trying to be this like crazy, like Skip Bayless type that's like just trying to either yeah. piss people off or make people feel like uh, hope that is just so irrational or whatever it may be. Yeah. All- while also saying things that others won't say because yeah. you're not you're not tied to any real entity or anything like that. You really don't have to filter out your actual thoughts. So it's a really yeah. nice position that you've you've found for yourself. And um, what's particularly relevant is that we're seeing the jazz in a awesome position. Now you're kind of a jazz fan. No, you are a jazz fan, but you're first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. But you grew up kind of cheering for more for the wizards. You're kind of from the DC area. Right. So I, so interesting thing there. I was a definitely a bandwagon Jordan and Chicago bulls fan. Who wasn't among us? Let's be honest. And, but I had good reason kind of, um, so the wizards at the time were the bullets. It was the Washington bullets. Mm-hmm. They sucked. George Mirasan really, 
was that was it was even before that (laughs) (laughs) he was awesome but it was even before that um well i guess that was around the same time that jordan was beating the jazz but when i switched to a when i became a bulls fan i was like five years old you know it's like jordan's probably third that would have been like bj armstrong oh yeah like that that's like super early mj yeah I mean, yeah. he was just like the man, you know, yeah. but the Bulls and the Bullets, I'm like, well, the Bullets are no good. This Bulls team, that's like kind of the same name. I'm five years old, kind of the same name. And they've got this Michael Jordan guy. I'm going to cheer for them. So I became a Bulls fan really early. But after he retired, I realized very quickly, like, oh, I was just a Michael Jordan fan, you know? Yeah. So I'm all in on the jazz, but I am a fan of sports first. That's something I always say on the podcast. Like the, the, the jazz could cease to exist. I'd still watch the NBA all the time. You know, yeah, so. which is a great recipe for what you do, right? Yeah, just, it's for the love of the game in general, yeah, and just sports in general. Um, I did not, I did have to, you know, this about me actually. We've talked about this before, and you've even sent me some stuff, uh, that we've had back and forth about. Uh, I have to bring up the fact that you're, you're the guy for the Wizards is my least favorite NBA superstar of all time, uh, Russell Westbrook or who. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. I cannot stand <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and I've I like told him. you why. You yeah. do like him, I do. Yeah, he just it's plays one... so hard. He plays with such passion. Like what's his athleticism like? is maybe unparalleled. No joke. Yeah. Like he he it legit is. might be one of the most pound for pound athletic human beings I've ever seen. Like LeBron is absolutely up there. He'd have to be in that conversation. But with yeah. what Russell Westbrook is able to do in his frame, with his frame, his body is ridiculous yeah that's actually a big reason why i hate him it's (laughs) it's not because he has what i want which is obviously true it's because i feel like he abuses an amazing gift like my take is that i think russell westbrook has unbelievable potential but he squanders it by being one of the most selfish people i've seen on the basketball court now i know we've talked about this and you've pointed out and you're probably thinking this right now He's had teammates that have come to his defense. Yeah. May or may not be true. Like them saying that he like, they love talking with him, but, or playing with him. But at the same time, what are they supposed to say? Like we live in a world where like, if you, it's, you say more by not saying things than you do by actually saying things. Well, I think that's true when you're still teammates with them, but after your time with them is over and you're no longer teammates, that's when people freaking write books about how awful it was to play with so-and-so and, and, you know, and get rich off it. So I think if he was really hated by his teammates, you'd hear it more from like former teammates, past teammates. You don't hear that. And the guy has like 20 assists games, like regularly. Like he's, yeah, he's he's the first person actually to borrow a term for that. Bill Simmons used when he was talking about Will Chamberlain is that Uh he's the first person I've ever seen to make assists look selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i know i'm taking shots at the guy i know i am and like i part of me is like i should probably you know rein it in a little here but well i'm sure there's some stat padding that goes on but like who in the nba isn't doing that these guys they're all egomaniacs they all know their stats at any point in the game you know i was saying that on today's podcast lebron like came out as lazy as could be last night in a close or an elimination game against the Suns. And then as the game, when they needed him most, they're getting their butts kicked in the first quarter. The game was over by the end of the first quarter. They chip away at the lead slowly, get to within 10. So it kind of seemed interesting. Uh, but the game's really still out of reach. And then they're down 15 with like two minutes left. And he starts jacking up three after three after three. 
And I'm like, he's just trying to get more points at this point. Like he knows they're going to lose. And so he just wants to get his when they needed him to take those shots in the first quarter to not fall down by 30 points, you know? Yeah. So I think everyone does it a little bit. So, but Russell Westbrook, he's like a walking triple double, man. If he could just learn to shoot better, which shouldn't be that hard. Like it really, it should really not be shouldn't. That hard. Why is it and so hard for him? That's crazy. Dude, it's, it's it's your job. You're getting paid $40 million a year to do it. Like just go like get ben Simmons not being able to hit a free throw. Like that's insane to me. I know. I know. I've got a buddy who has kind of an insight. He's an NBA, um, not an NBA coach, but like an NBA development coach. And so he's got uh-huh. a lot of, uh, you know, inside info on a lot of these players. He said that Russell Westbrook's personal, a lot of these guys have like personal shooting coaches or trainers or whatever, you know, yeah. outside of the team. And he said that Russell Westbrook's doesn't have him practice his shot like at all. Like it's just not important to them for some reason. Like doesn't have, doesn't break down a shot changes, you know, form or anything like that. Cause Westbrook's follow through is like pretty bad, you know, like his form's not horrible until his follow through. And then it's like pretty, pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and he's just so strong. It's like, he shoots it so hard. That's why he gets all these bad. Bricks. He does shoot it hard. I'm actually yeah. with you there. Like that's something you can easily notice when watching him shoot. Yeah. Is that like, he doesn't have a really, in fact, that no actually touch. explains how, no touch whatsoever. And yeah. it actually explains a lot of how he just plays in general. He doesn't really, yeah. he has no in between. No finesse, I mean, no touch. It's like a yeah. million miles an hour. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and he shoots the exact same way. Um, which, With that said, the one, the credit that I can give Westbrook right off the bat is that his hubris is through the roof. This isn't the compliment I'm giving him, but his hubris yeah. is through the roof to the point where it's like he actually might have just given himself the clutch gene because yeah. of it. It's yeah. like nobody else believes that he's going to make the shot except for him. And for whatever reason, he he does. He pulls that <laughs> I off know. like, I know. like <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it'd be like four of 20 and then the, the one that matters most he'll hit. Yeah. It's so true. It yeah, is like one of those. That. Yeah, it's one of those things where like if I did cheer for him, I'd be like, I would love that about him. That'd be one of my favorite things is that like yeah. nobody else believes in him but him. And so anyway, it's, yeah, it all, for me, it was all started back in like, I don't know, it's like 2013 or something like that when he was still with KD on the Thunder and it was near the end of a game. And I mean, it was just some regular season game. It wasn't a big deal, but still they're down by, it was like literally three points, less than a minute left. And at the time, Kevin Durant's the best shooter in the league. I think I shared this story with you and I no joke witnessed personally Westbrook looking off KD at the end of this game so that he could take the final shot. And I'm like, how in the world? And I know KD's come out and even said like Westbrook was one of my favorite teammates, which by the way, I don't know if you saw recently, KD was asked like who his favorite guys to play with were, yeah. and he left Westbrook off the list initially. And then somebody said, pointed it out. Yeah. He said, who are the, they asked him who are the best players he's played with. Were. That was it. Yeah. And he yeah. had Sergi Baca on the list over Russell yeah. Westbrook. <laughs> and then yeah. the guy doing the interview was just like, uh, I thought there was someone else you were going to say. And then when they then they said Westbrook, he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm tripping. Like yeah, Westbrook's for sure one. Of, of course, them. like, and he did actually make it seem like it was something like he genuinely forgot. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think know, he was thinking current teammates and then championship teammates. It was so quick: Kyrie, James Harden, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. And then he was like, uh, who else? And somehow he went to Sergi Baca. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know, man. If Sigmund Freud were looking at this and assessing this directly, he might be like, hmm. You're yeah. saying a lot by what you're not saying. Yeah. <laughs> what is your subconscious telling you, Kevin? <laughs> Seriously. Now, Westbrook anyway. just needs to cut down on his turnovers, and people listening maybe don't care about Russell Westbrook, but cut down on the turnovers, learn to shoot, and he's like an all-time generational talent. But those are two big, glaring mistakes that he has. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Yeah, we can. Where I'm good. I've got my I've got my Westbrook rant over now. But I do want to move on to your take on the Jazz specifically. Um, yes, let's do it. Uh, actually, really quickly though, one thing I very much appreciate about you, especially yesterday's podcast that you did, was your disdain for LeBron because I could not agree with you more there. Like I, it, I don't hate LeBron. I don't hate him. I just want to be real about who he is. Like he's an all time great. He's just, it's like people are just reaching and trying so badly to find the next Michael Jordan. And I always say like, when it happens, like we're going to know it, there won't be much of a, like when Jordan came along, it was like, Oh, like, yeah, this guy's the greatest we've ever seen. There wasn't even a debate. Like it was just kind of over. We're like, yeah, we it was get a paradigm shift for the Johnson. league. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so with LeBron, it's like there, there are so many people, they're trying so hard to make him to the greatest. And it's him. Like, yeah, in there. yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. So I was just going to say, I'm going to ask you the toughest question I've asked anybody ever on my podcast. Is LeBron the greatest baby back bitch ever to play the game of basketball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. No, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> He's definitely a whiner, definitely a complainer. The guy cares about uh it feels like he cares about image more than he cares about winning. That's what sometimes. you nailed. When you were you know? when you were when I was listening to you, I was like sitting there nodding like aggressively. I was like <laughs> seriously, I was like Sean is freaking driving this point home and it is perfect. Is that yeah. he's all about he's so performative in everything yeah. he does. Yeah. And yeah, in a sense it's kind of hard to blame him. Image. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's, you know, he's had this pressure since he was like 15 years old to be the man. I would agree with that. I would agree with yeah. that. It's gotta be tough on anyone, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did see like a meme the other day or whatever you want to call it. One of those funny images on the internet where there was a pitcher. I can't remember his name who got nailed by a, uh, like a ball for, off of the bat to the, like the right. face. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what I'm talking about? Where yeah, it's like, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I posted it on my store. It's like the number, and then and then it was Joe Burrow with like his busted up MCL, ACL. Everything I didn't see that. Knee. Okay, so this the that, one. But... So I reposted one so on you my share, Instagram yeah. story. Yeah. It was like the the number of seconds that these players were down, you know, like yeah, on the ground yeah, with injury, yeah. and it was like guy got hit in the face with a ninety four mile an hour fastball. He was down for like sixty five seconds. Guy destroyed every ligament in his knee. He was down for like seventy two seconds. Then LeBron James got poked in the eye. He was down for like 96 seconds or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. Dude. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And did you see that hilarious. he got up during the scuffle? Because like right after he got poked yeah. in the eye, there's like a huge scuffle going on, like at the yeah. wing, right above the three-point wing. Uh -huh. um, and he gets up. And like the assessment was that like, he realized nobody was looking at him. And then like the scuffle stops and all of a sudden you see LeBron like go back down on the floor, right where the scuffle ended. And it's like... <laughs> Give me attention, please. Yeah, seriously. It's like, he's not yeah. even being secretive about it anymore. Like he's actually yeah. just like overt about how he wants everyone to look at him all the time. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see how gracefully he goes into the sunset because it's you know I did podcast just before <laughs> coming on to yours here. It's it's ending for him. Like he's still is. phenomenal. He's still one of the top players in the league. I agree. But he's not the same as he. His prime is done. His prime's definitely done. Yeah. And now it's like okay, how gracefully will he go into the sunset? Will he be a number two option and go win another title, or will he? You know, it, it, it'll just be interesting because he's not gonna. It's got to be tough when you've been the man for like, I mean, he's 36. He's been like the man for like 20 years of his life. He's been mm -hmm. idolized. 
like more than half of his life and all but like maybe seven years in which he even had a memory, you know, because we don't have any memory before like five, right? So like his whole life, he's just been the man. And now he's about to not be. And it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. It is. I No, it will be fascinating. I mean, I, I've said for a while, I don't think this is an original take by any means, but it makes a lot of sense to me that he's really holding out for his son to see if his yeah. son can make it into the league. And I think he wants to yeah. be like the first father-son duo to play together on the same team if possible, yeah. or at least in the yeah. league at the same time, which would really, honestly, would be cool. That really would yeah. be cool. Well, and I think right now, I think he does want that. I think more than that, he wants to become the all-time leading scorer. The all- I think he wants to just rack up these like career stats to where it's kind of like that's those are the arrows in his quiver for the GOAT conversation when Jordan's got the six championships, six finals MVPs, no losses in the finals. Everybody knows he's more clutch, highest scoring average per game ever, highest PER ever. Mm-hmm. You know, He's like, okay, I can't beat him in those things, so I'm going to beat him in – cumulative total stats you know yeah but anyway yeah no that's very true very likely um all right let's pivot to the jazz though i want to i want to get your takes on this and this what's what's unique about this is that i'm not dropping this until a monday and it's it is basically just the weekend and so we actually don't know yet if and i know this is terrible podcasting um, i'm fully yeah. aware but i yeah. i wanted you on and this was a good time to have you on regardless and we could still talk about things that are still valuable in this regard but yeah. clippers mavs we don't know the outcome that might be tonight um might be and i think the clippers are done i don't even if it goes to seven i yeah. i think i think when you saw rondo going after Kawhi oh, leonard i don't think Kawhi leonard responds well to those scenarios yeah. especially for somebody know. like rondo who is like useless when it comes to scoring i mean he's yeah. obviously a pretty good facilitator still but i think Kawhi leonard's like he's like f this like why am i on this team and so yeah. i think the mavericks have this one whether tonight or sunday for game mm-hmm. seven um which is actually a good thing for the jazz i think i think uh the, the mavericks defense is exactly what the jazz need I, I don't think they do quite so hot against the clippers d personally yeah yeah that 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 series is one that's you know the clippers are they're so good in their reputation and in their name, <laughs> but then like their actual results just keep being like totally below expectations. I was going to say below average, but they're not, they're, they're above average, but they're below expectations. Like last year they were the runaway favorites to win the whole thing. And they mm-hmm. lost in the second round this year. They were like the fourth Vegas odds had them like fourth behind. It might've even been third. I think they were third, actually. Then the Jazz were fourth. Yeah, the Clippers were third. It was Nets, Lakers, Clippers when the playoffs started. That was, those were like the Vegas odds, right? But they, 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 I mean, they're losing to Luka Doncic by himself. Like, Kristaps Porzingis is a, like a total non-factor. Porzingis, their second best player, had eight points last game. Can and you they've re- got Kawhi you- Leonard... Restate that stat that you shared from yesterday. Sorry to interrupt, but that, that stat yeah. about Doncic that you shared yesterday about because I I had seen it other places as well. But like the he was how many points was he not responsible for in their last? So game? there were six. Yeah. So of the of the thirty seven made baskets that the the Mavericks had in their their game five win, he scored or assisted on all but six of them. So thirty one of their thirty seven made baskets. He either made it himself or he got the the assist. He had 14 assists to go with like 40 whatever points. It's crazy. That translates to unguardable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, and, nobody and, can guard him. 
And two of those shots, two of the six that he didn't score or assist on, he was on the bench. So when he sat he on the bench, made, that's right. Two baskets. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's wild. Yeah. It is wild. And yeah, it's like at this point, you kind of think maybe we should put our worst defender on Doncic. Just like, yeah. just, just know that he's going to be responsible for all their points yeah. and just try to lock down anytime he ever distributes the ball, I guess, which yeah. I don't know. I mean, putting our worst defender might be a bad idea, but like, how is Ingles going to do on him? Like, let's be real. Yeah, not good. It'll probably be Royce O'Neal that guards him. You think I so? I don't know. I don't know. P- probably. I mean, yeah, I guess you're probably right. Wise, Eagles hasn't even been starting yeah. lately. So my guess would be Eagles. Royce, but yeah, I think I think that we just match up really well though outside of that. I mean I agree. we've got defensive player of the year in Gobert. We're way deeper than them. I think we have better coaching. They have the best player, the best one player, but we have like the next three best players, you know, after that. So I think I think we'll be fine. I would rather play. I'd still rather play the Mavericks than the Clippers. You know, here yeah. I'm talking about how the Clippers are overrated. They're big by name alone, but not you know in actual results. But I still would rather play the Mavericks than the Clippers. I just well, the Clippers do match up better against the Jazz, especially defensively. Yeah. So I, they I just totally have so that. much firepower. It's like how are they sucking? Like no, they're not sucking, but how are they not? How are they underperforming so consistently? You have Kawhi Leonard. Paul George. I'd take Donovan over Paul George, though. I would. Oh, absolutely. Right now. No yeah. question. But, yeah. but speaking of those two, there's a split there, right? That's coming for sure. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're not on the they're not playing together next year, right? Well, and what's interesting is Kawhi loves LA. Like that's mm-hmm. where he's from. That's where he wants yeah. to live. There's a good chance that for him, he's like, I just want to be here. Like, I'm just gonna stay here. I'm not gonna move teams. I just want to be here. And Paul George just signed an extension. And Kawhi hasn't. So Paul George wisely signed an extension because I think people yeah. are realizing he's probably not actually a max player. Um, but so I don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe they just keep it going and see if they can add another piece. But they're they're definitely falling short. And even if they get past this series, they're not gonna they're not gonna go, get, reach the finals. There's no way. They're they're There's not no as way. good as the Jazz. They're not as good as the Suns. And they're probably not even as good as the Mavericks. It looks like, but we'll find out. Yeah. So do the Jazz, let's assume Jazz play the Mavericks and then then they face the Suns, which is very yep. likely the scenario. Um yep. who Jazz Suns? I mean, who do you, who do you got? You know, I would lean slightly towards the Jazz even though we were 0 and 3 against the Suns this year in the regular which, season. Did Donovan miss two of those games? He missed at least one, so did Conley. I don't know if they missed two or not. I'd have to look that gotcha. up. So, I don't know. But but we'll have home court. And now we have a packed house. The Jazz announced yesterday they're that's filling right. up the stadiums to capacity. We'll probably be the only team in the league that's doing that. Maybe by the conference finals, everyone will be. I don't know. But it'll be a very real home court advantage, finally. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, I keep wanting to believe and, and do believe, really, that Dwayne Wade is going to have some sort of an impact in these playoffs where we won't give up a 3-1 lead like we did last year to the Nuggets. You know, um, he's part owner in the team. He's there on the sidelines. You're watching him interact with, with that's amazing to see, by the way, it's so awesome. He's interacting like during the game with Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley or, you know, Jordan Clarkson, whoever. And you got to think he's going to be involved texting them, maybe some pregame pep talks, something to kind of help them navigate through. Cause you're seeing that with the Suns right now, they get a Chris Paul come in and all of a sudden they go from Suckfest USA to number two team in the entire NBA as far yeah. as regular season goes. And it just took some veteran leadership to come in. So if 
if Dwayne Wade can somehow offer that as part owner, who's only 39 years old to the jazz, that could be huge. So I just feel like the jazz at this point, they should be the favorites to reach the finals from the West. Um, I don't know what Vegas is saying. A lot of that, you know, is determined, you know, based on where the money's going, but to me, like they'd be the final, they'd be the, the, the favorite out of the West. I still give Brooklyn the huge, huge advantage when it comes time to actually winning the title though. Yeah. I, so I've got an, what I think is an interesting stat. Now you could look at this and be like, throw it out altogether. Cause we're like, that's a stupid meaningless stat and very well might be, but I decided to look into this cause I'm curious six man of the year, right? This is the first time it ever happened for the jazz. You got Jordan Clarkson, yeah. who by the way has been playing terribly this playoff so far, but yeah. I think he'll come out of it. I think, yeah. I hope. How many times do you think the champion, the NBA champion has had the six man of the year since it was, since it started in the 82, 83 season? Do you know the answer? Cause I have no idea. I do. You do know yeah. the answer. Okay. Um, I do not know. So I'll just take a wild guess. When did it come out? 82, 83? Yeah. Six man of the year. Yeah. So we're looking at, uh, what is that? Close to 40, 40 years, years almost. Yeah. So I'm going to say twice. That's a good guess. That's a really good guess. You're right there. It's three. Three. Well, okay. I'm curious why you think it's two, like why it's so little. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, you never hear about it. It's kind of a, yeah. it's a cool award, but it's kind of a meaningless one. In my opinion, it's like, it's cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, I was a six yeah. man of the year, but. And who was it? Was it Ginobili both times? Do you know? No, yeah, I do know actually. So it was our 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 boy Bobby Jones in the first first year it was given out. He won it okay. on the Sixers who won it that year. You know Bobby okay. Jones, right? That oh, I, I know the, yeah. I actually I know, know the name. I do know the name. <laughs> when, yeah. I, when I saw wait, that, wait. I was like, "Yeah, don't know him." <laughs> wait, who's the then, other one? Uh, Ginobili so there were two. More, no, Ginobili never actually. There's two different categories that I brought up too, but for the ones that won the championship. The other two were Walton in 86 with the Celtics oh, and Kukoc in 96 for the ah, Bulls. Okay. That one, that, yeah, one, yeah one. that one we all remember. Like when you're reminded of it, you're like, of course. Yeah, they, they bring yeah. Kukoc from, was it Croatia or whatever? But, yep. um, and then I also looked into this too. The runner-up that year, NBA champion, had six man of the year only three times as well. Wow. And... Also, I, I don't know if this held, hold any meaning, but the three times it happened were pre-2000 for the NBA champion. Yeah. Um, you had Hart, for runner-up, you had Harden in 12 for the Thunder. Mm -hmm. And then you had uh, McKee on the Sixers. I can't remember his first name. And then Kevin McHale in 85 for the Celtics. Wow. And then runner-up then. So, in other words, it was just kind of interesting to me because I was like, you know, people might like to think like, oh, it's got to be the Jazz's year. Like, it's all coming up Jazz right now. You know, we're, we're being recognized six man of the year, defensive player of the year. Now, I think the defensive player of the year stat would be interesting as well um, to look into, like how many times the NBA champion has won that. But regardless, it was kind of like enlightening to think, oh, so we are well-rounded. We're deep, but I don't know. It, there's yeah. no history of, of there being a correlation of the six man of the year. Not, not that anybody was no. looking for that. And that's why it might be a meaningless stat, but I thought it was interesting regardless. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And I, you know, a lot of times the, these awards, they just kind of get the six man's usually goes to who deserves it, but MVP doesn't always. It's kind of like who had the oh, most unique sure. season that we haven't given it to yet. You know, so like true. Russell Westbrook's a good example. I know you're on the hate train there, but 
His guy averages a triple-double. They give him MVP. He does it three more times since then, and he wasn't even an all-star this year. So, like, doing the same thing that earned him MVP, and now it's like, ah, we're kind of – that's old news. You already did that a bunch. You know, we don't care anymore. Yeah, it was already a phenomenon once. We addressed it from there. We really don't care. Yeah, Yeah. kind of funny. So It is funny. Um, Yeah, so, I don't know. It'd be an interesting year. Um, I – yeah, that if it is a Nets Jazz matchup, yeah, there that'll be a that'll be a tough beat. But it just kind of makes me more mad towards the Nets in general. Like what a yeah, what a stupid scenario. It makes me even more mad that those three have actually learned how to play together well. Yeah, like that might be who should actually get Coach of the Year. <laughs> like, yeah, to pull pull that off. I mean, that's incredible. They had seven games together, or whatever it was. Yeah serious crazy ridiculous yeah we'll see i mean but you know the thing is you know i talk about that raptors championship from two or whatever seasons ago a lot raptors don't win that title unless kevin durant gets hurt and so you see you see but but nobody takes it away from him you're not gonna like taking away from the raptors championship because you can't durability is part of the game you know i always say if you can't be out there then sorry that's part of being a good team you have to be available to play and so the 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 nets are a team that we could see they're more likely to get injured, you know, than the Jazz, knock on wood. Not that I'm wishing injury upon the Nets, but if that happened, this could be a year where the Jazz get a Raptor-type championship where it's like, yeah, you know what? We weren't favored to win this. We probably would have lost if Harden had stayed healthy or Durant stayed healthy, but they didn't, and we did, and so we won, you know? So the stars could align here for the Jazz. We'll just have to see. I'll tell you one thing, too, and I don't think this is a crazy take. If it does, if the Jazz win this year, and with the combination of having Dwayne Wade, having a Donovan Mitchell, a Rudy Gobert, who's just year in and year out Defense Player of the Year, um, guys like Mike Conley that are like very well respected in the league, the Jazz could actually become a destination spot. I mean, it's already kind of leaning that direction as it stands, but Dwayne Wade and a championship really drives that home because Dwayne Wade becomes somebody all of a sudden that people are like, I want to be on the Jazz because I like that guy. He's a good dude. He's it's fun to play with and have fun to get feedback from. He's just a cool yeah. guy in general. I mean, swag goes a long way, and Dwayne Wade has it. He does. You know, yeah, and winning's cool. That's something I always say too. Like, winning's really cool. So you start yeah. winning, and people are like, yeah, I kind of want to go there. I do think Salt Lake in general is always going to struggle though with uh, you know nightlife options and lack Which of it seems like diversity. Somewhat of a transformation taking place there as well. I don't know, but mm-hmm. slowly, but it does seem yeah. to be happening. Yeah. So. I don't know. I can see if you're, you know, when I was in Memphis and this is just me, you know, like I didn't Memphis as a city, I went to the game three out in Memphis. Um, it's not the coolest city in the world. Like I wouldn't want to live there personally. Um, and a lot of people feel that way about Utah, you know? So I can see all these players, if they came from a big city, if you have the chance to live in New York or LA, uh, LA in particular, it's like perfect weather, tons of um, endorsement opportunity, uh, and next, you know, personal brand growth, things like that. Lots of women, you know, like just so much more to offer in LA than in Utah. Like I'd probably want to go there too, you know? So I don't, one I example don't that comes to mind, by the way, in that regard for like, is, is what happened to Blake Griffin as soon as he left the Clippers, you stopped seeing him everywhere. That guy was yeah. everywhere when he played on the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that has to do with his drop off in his game as well, but yeah. We went no to Detroit. Joke, like, yeah, went to Detroit, and all of a sudden he wasn't in commercials. All of a sudden he wasn't doing roasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like he just he wasn't in pop culture. But the reason yeah. why, 
like for one, he wanted to kind of go that route. So that helped, but being in LA just made it so much easier for him. He was just around yep. all the time. It seemed like, yep, he was. But. Yeah. And now you're seeing him emerge a little bit again. Cause he's on the Brooklyn nets. They're a cool team. They're in the big city, you know? Yeah. He dunked again for the first time in like seven years. <laughs> Like yeah. happy to see that <laughs> he was playing everybody. He's been able to do that the whole time. He just wanted Seriously. he just wanted out of Detroit for real. It's hard to blame him. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. As before, we kind of wrap things up here. I did want to get a couple more things. I want to shift over to a different topic with you specifically. And one thing I'd okay. mentioned in your resume, the intro, was that you might be potentially word word has on the street that you are one of Utah's most eligible bachelors. Ah, yes. Yeah, I know. I don't know I if didn't... that's a compliment or not. It sounds it's kind of like a complisult where it's like it's a backhanded it, compliment. It, 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 yeah, it implies I like to say complisult. It's like an insult <laughs> and a compliment combined, you know? Oh, I, I got um, it. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> where it's like most eligible bachelor it kind of implies like you're cool, but it also implies like you're always single. You're also not marriage material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta think. The law of diminishing returns seems to kick in here, though, to some degree, right? Where it's like you're a very eligible bachelor because you just got a lot going on for you. You're a fun guy to be around, all that stuff. But then because you've never been married before, almost makes it seem like, like, uh-oh, I'm not sure I can touch this guy with a 10-foot pole. That's like <laughs> some irony there, right? Where it's like yeah. if you would have gotten married and divorced at one point, people are like, well, he can, he can actually ask a girl. Like he can settle oh. down. I always tell divorced friends, like you're way better off with a divorce. I'm sure divorce is really awful to go through. Absolutely. Um, but like you could get married for like six months at like age 22 and be 50. Having never been married since you had a six month marriage, 28 years earlier, but you could say like, Oh, yeah, I was married once, you know, and people are like, Oh yeah, I hear you. It's tough. You know? And immediately like, you're not the single guy. You're not this, you know, whatever perpetual black bachelor you're oh yeah he was married once and got divorced you know it's yeah. Like, yeah no it, it's funny i mean i'm in i'm 33 and i've never been married the longest exclusive relationship i've ever been in myself was probably about six months and so mm -hmm. that's funny that's been an interesting thing that i've seen girls that i've dated kind of like question and be like wait so like do you just get sick of people after six months yeah. And I'm like, either that or they get sick of me, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. But but let's see. Let's see why yeah. this one might be different. <laughs> They're just crossing off the days on the calendar until it hits six months to see it, see what you do. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I think though, for me, like I've never been one to date someone for a really long time. Um, I'm rarely even in, you know, exclusive relationships. I want one just for the record. That is definitely- well, And also like, real seeking. quick- I think it's because you you strike me as somebody that like you you have a pretty good idea like early on. Yeah. Right. I do. I feel like I'm actually similar in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel that way. Like where somebody just, you know, especially as in anyone that's dated a bunch and is a little bit older can relate. Like after you've dated a lot, just because just and that doesn't mean bragging that I've been on so many dates. It's more just like I'm I'm old and so I've been on a lot of dates. Um you just you've got so much to compare it to. You quickly realize like, oh, like this instantly feels different i like this i'm going to pursue this you know so yeah there's definitely that aspect to it um and i can't remember where i was going with that so i'm gonna let you take well over. <laughs> i appreciate it um I, I, i've kind of mentioned that this is like basically more kind of a society and cultural type podcast that i've pivoted to like i started as a jaded byu sports podcast which you know you can only get so much content out of that and i yeah you know, freaking BYU sports annoys me more than anything. And I'm still a yeah. diehard fan basically. But anyway, 
Um, shifted from that to kind of talking more about these type of things on a regular basis. And I'm curious, and you know, as you, as a member of the church specifically, mm-hmm. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that is, being older, single, like, what's that like? I mean, I, I obviously have an idea, but um, I mean, is, do you find it kind of harder these days to stay true to, you know, your, your set of beliefs, your system of beliefs that you've had your whole life? Or is that not anything that you really even think about a whole lot? I'm just curious. Uh, yes, it is harder, I would say. Um, just because... I feel like so many people are going away from it, you know, as they get older, that's, you know, there's kind of a common thread and I hesitate to even go into this because I don't want anyone to be offended that, uh, you know, this is going to hit home with because there are definitely going to be people that it hits home with, but there's definitely a common thread of people leaving the church and getting older um, when they're older and still single. Yeah. It's very rare that they leave when they're young and single and very rare that they leave when they're older and married it's very common to leave as you get older and you're single. The combination of those two seems to lead people to feel like, yeah, this system isn't working for me. Uh, I'm going to bail, you know, and that's their prerogative. And I'm, I've got uh, a lot of friends that fit into that category and I still love them just the same. You know, I don't judge them. I I love them just the same. So we still hang out all the time and it's, you know, great there. We do hang out a little bit less now, if I'm being honest, just because they've kind of, you know, they're just into things that I'm not into as much. We've kind of just started. There's a little bit of a separation happening, but for the most part, we're still super close and hang out all the time. Um, yeah. It's just a little bit different, but yeah. So to, yeah. So the answer to your question is yes, it's definitely harder to maintain those standards. Um, definitely harder than it used to be, but I'm still doing my best. So. So now let me ask you this actually. Yeah. No. And, and yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I don't mean to say this. I don't even mean to present this question to you or even somebody. Doing like my myself. best Bishop. Doing my best. Okay, Bishop. <laughs> all right. That's all I ask. Um, I don't mean to ask these questions as a light way of like being like, Oh, we've got it down. Like we're, we're like you and I, I know specifically we've battled, we have had our own stuff. We are battling, like nobody's perfect. Like it just comes down to what we're willing to continue battling in a really sense, close. right? What we, Really close to perfect, but nah. really close though. Yeah, no question. <laughs> um, it's it kind of comes down to like what we view as worthy of fighting for more than anything. Uh, like kind of like what we want to maintain as part of our life structure, and what how that intertwines with the gospel more than anything, I guess. And and, and like I, I'm with you there. Like I have plenty of friends that have decided, you know what? Maybe this isn't something that I actually care about as much anymore. And that's fine. Yeah. Like everybody's different. It's not like we're going to love them all the same. You can hang out with them in some, in certain contexts. You're right. Not all contexts are easy, but yeah. it's, it makes sense. Anyway, that reminds me as, as a older single member of the church. And I asked this question for myself a lot too. And I've heard other people in our situation address this question. Do you feel like the church owes you anything like better attention or that it's, you know, the, if you want to feel more, you know, welcome in that in that community, do they should, do they need to do something more than what they do already? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I would say overall, no. Like they don't owe me anything. I mean, I choose to believe in the church, or I or not, and I I do. Like I don't just do it culturally. Like it's it's what I firmly do believe in, and so that's what I try my hardest to follow. Um, I do think they could, you know, the church could do a little bit better job, which I'm seeing more and more of an effort being put toward it. Even in, uh, you know, conference recently, there was a bunch of talks that kind of felt like they were directed at, uh, you know, people in like their 30s, 40s, you know, single still. Um, 
and there's like some maybe i already missed it but i feel like it's coming up still at some point there's like a fireside or devotional that's like geared entirely towards that so i'm seeing a shift here but i have felt for a number of years now that you're kind of and then i think this is partially why some people do leave you kind of just feel out of place you're like well i i don't have any kids or a wife or a husband or whatever it might be and so i'm i don't feel super in place at the family ward like the regular ward um and i'm not 22 anymore so i don't feel super in place i'm not like you know talking about this upcoming semester you know those that term semester hasn't been used by me for a decade now you know like i don't think in terms of semesters right um, yeah. so you don't really feel like you fit in in the singles ward and you've kind of so you feel like maybe a little bit too old or out of place for the singles ward a little bit too single for the family ward and so people just kind of like get lost in the shuffle and you know they just look for other other things and i think that's a big reason why people leave so i do think that there should be I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I get why the singles wards exist. They were really fun. Um, they still are fun because I still go to them for the most part. But um, it's you know, it feels like why can't we just all go to church? Like why is why does it have to be like this is for the single people and this is for like the older single people and this is for like the weird single people and this is for the you know and this is for the families. Like why yeah. can't there, there's not a there's not a what age are your kids ward like oh well or a married ward where like you don't have kids so you can't come to this ward because this is only for married people. There with used kids. to be at BYU, but they did actually get rid of that because you're right. It's weird. It's a weird it's situation. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. So, so I do think there's some things like that. Like I think we should just be going to church, and I don't think there should be like age restrictions on like where you go to church. I think people should just socialize how they want to socialize. Like I don't I don't see what the fear or reasoning is behind it other than to facilitate single people meeting each other, it's the 31 and you're kicked out thing. That's, I think, I think that's a swing and a miss if I'm being honest, but I hesitate mm -hmm. to say that fully. Cause if it's what it's supposed to be, then it's what it's supposed to be. But I know a lot of people that feel the same way. And so, yeah. Well, it's definitely policy. Like I, I that's yeah. one of those things like, and that's a, that's an ongoing debate. Like what is policy? What is doctrine and revelation and yeah. all that stuff and yeah and i guess revelation can probably cross over to not only doctrine but also policy to some degree but anyway like i would agree that that's more of a policy driven decision it seems yeah. very arbitrary 31 like yeah what the hell yeah. 31 okay but I I yeah know. it's like just this random age like 31 i think it's such 31. a weird age to pick yeah not 30 you know? like 30 yeah. we wouldn't question 30 would be like oh yeah okay yeah because yeah, 30 30 you're a, a real decade. adult yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. new decade go for it you know <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it hasn't really bothered me, you know, but, but it has a little bit, I guess. It's just kind of like, you know, you, you just, it, it's tough. Cause like, there's just not many of us out there that are still active and single and in our thirties. There's just not many of us out there. Mm -hmm. No, it's know? true. It's and it's either, dwindling. A lot of them either get married or they go inactive. You know, there's a very small percentage, I think that in fact, I think I read it's like 19% activity rates if you're if you're 30 plus and single, and that's of returned missionaries. Don't quote no me way. exactly on that. So just know that like I know this is going to be heard by many people. So <laughs> yeah, but I won't quote you. Don't worry. <laughs> but but just well, when you quote me, just quote that I said I'm not positive. But um, when you quote him, just know that he said don't quote me. <laughs> exactly. It's like no offense, but you are one pathetic loser. Um, <laughs> 
No, but yeah, it's like something, it's something like 19% of returned missionaries. So not just like people in the church, but like of those that served a full-time mission, if they hit 30 and are still single, the activity rate like plummets. So wow. there's something there that, that should be really looked at for patterns. And I, I do think that like kicking people out of a singles ward, it's almost just like, I know this isn't how it's meant and it's not how I felt at all, but I, there is an aspect to it. It's like, well, you, you failed, you know, like you didn't do it. You, you, and so you're out now, like mm-hmm. good luck, you know? Um, and I think that's, I think that's like the feeling people get. And then they just feel like they don't belong. They don't feel like they're welcome. And then they go to the singles ward or the family ward. And it's like, you just feel totally weird and out of place there. And that's why I think we should all just be going to church. I don't know if there should even be this massive separation like there is, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they know a lot more than I do. No, I get that. I've been actually been going to a family ward for the last two years anyway. I started when yeah. I was living in Texas and I just kept it up when I moved to Utah. And I, I don't mind it at all, but you're right. I mean, there, it, it's inevitable. There's like, I got invited to fathers and sons. Now, part of that is because I'm involved in the young man. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to this thing. Yeah. And like, and, and, and my bishop at some point might even listen to this episode. He knows I have the podcast out there and everything, but like, it's the fact yeah. of the matter. I have zero desire to go to fathers and sons, Bishop. Like, well, you're not a father and you don't have a son. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I am a son, but, uh, but yeah, he's not going to be anywhere around. He's a, yeah. Anyway. So it's any it, weird situation. And I agree. It's just inevitable. It's going to happen where you're just like, this isn't exactly for me, but I'm okay with that. Like, as long as they don't, uh, my big thing is I don't want them making me feel guilty for not wanting to be a part of like the family ward, like activities and things like that. So yeah. just let me be me. Like, let me come to yeah. church. Let me participate in my calling. But outside of that, if I don't want to come to an activity, I don't want to come to an activity. I'd rather like be with other people like me. Let yeah. me decide how to do that. You yeah. know, don't feel like you have to shoehorn me into a position within the church in order to feel like I'm actually making progress that way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, I go to, you know, so my, not that anybody cares, I guess, but like my records are in the family ward here in my neighborhood. Um, and I've had, I don't currently have a calling in that ward. I did in a previous ward. I was a scout, like a scout leader. It was actually pretty fun, you know, working with like the, yeah. you know, 10, 11 year old boys. We just play basketball and stuff for the most part, but occasionally <laughs> I'd like take them up to make s'mores or something, you know, but, nice. um, but I would still, I would talk to my Bishop and be like, yeah, like I, and they, to their credit, like, and to the church's credit, the leadership has always, in my experience anyway, has always been totally with it and gotten it. And I just say, Hey, look, I, I, I want to have my records here. I want to have a relationship with you and like check in occasionally and come to church here occasionally. But I got a lot of friends that go to the singles ward that's like right here in the same neighborhood. And so I'm going to primarily probably go to that one. And two, two bishops in a row now have been like, Oh yeah, that's perfect. Like do it. Come check in with me once in a while, you know? And so I actually have a great relationship with them, but then I, for the most part, I'll attend the singles ward and I'll usually talk to the singles ward bishop too and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm over 31. So I know you're not going to put my records in here, but I'm going to be attending and, and they're always super chill and cool about it too. So it's kind of just, that's a awesome, man. You know, it's so, kind of nice. Cause like that way, both bishops can kind of just be like, all right, I'm just going to wash my hands of this situation. <laughs> <laughs> let, let Sean be Sean. <laughs> I wish that's, everybody could just the hand washing motion you were doing. That was really good. <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's like that's that's not my that's not 
I'm not Sean's bishop right now. I'm going to leave that yeah. to Sean's other bishop. Like, you yeah. just have that thing going on. It's like <laughs> ships crossing in the night, dude. <laughs> All right. With that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. But, Sean, seriously, yeah. thank you for coming on, man. I enjoy I always enjoy talking with you. And, I mean, I thought it was really cool that even half an hour prior to us starting hitting the record button, we're just, you know, shooting the breeze and talking. Yeah. And it's always good catching up. I like what you have to say about pretty much everything, pretty much everything. So not everything. <laughs> not everything. Plus. Uh, yeah. No, but Appreciate it was you, fun, buddy. man. And uh, of course, dude, and good luck with Trippio and everything and, and your own podcast. I think that's, you're, you're doing a great job and you're, you are churning out content left and right. I'm always impressed. I'm like, it's, granted, you have a lot of stuff to go off of day after day, especially in the playoffs. But even before yeah. that, you were still going and going. And it was always impressive because I'm like, I, now, granted, we talk about different things, but the two a week yeah. that I try and get out are like, tough sometimes so i appreciate yeah. you coming on and helping me out here we'll see how i do in august when there's no football or basketball going on yeah that's that's when i come on and just stir up as much drama as possible perfect <laughs> easy cheesy i'd love that yeah well yeah man thanks all right for sean me. of course man thanks for coming on oh i remember falling so mad there must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you If it takes time